Side Hustle Show 105, How to Retire in Your 30s. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's happening, everybody? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. This is episode 105, How to Retire in Your 30s. Now, this is not about winning the lottery. This is not about inheriting a giant sum of money from some rich uh, uncle or anything like that. This is about how to legitimately plan for your financial future so that you are financially free, financially independent, uh, year, decades earlier than uh, than the traditional plan. Uh, my guest is Jeremy Jacobson from the uh, the blog GoCurryCracker.com, which we'll link to in the show notes for sure. Uh, coming to you live this week from New Media Expo in sunny Las Vegas. And actually, this is a pre-recording, so it's, I'm not in Vegas right now. If all goes according to plan, I should be in Vegas when this thing airs. Now, this is not your your typical side hustle show, if there is such a thing, because it's it's not necessarily about making more money or business ideas or something like that, but it's it's a, something that I've been, like this idea of early retirement is something I've been like medium obsessed with ever since I discovered this. Uh, this website called MrMoneyMustache.com, which I'll link to in the in the show notes as well. If you're not reading it, you should be. Um, just fascinating story. And this guy, Mr. Money Mustache, retired even earlier than Jeremy, just through a, a combination of smart investing and frugal living. And I... The reason for the show is this is the stuff I wish I knew 15 years ago. Like that would have, you know, we would have made some different decisions, like without a doubt, had we kind of known this this formula. And and the basic formula, and Jeremy will share it, is, you know, once, once you have investable assets or invested assets, 25 times your monthly or rather your annual spending, like you are... You are financially. You could live off live off the interest, live off interest and dividends, you know, in perpetuity, according to uh, the mathematical models. Barring any you know meltdown, but in that case, you have some skills hopefully to fall back on. So uh, this is this is the math that they should teach you in school, but no one ever does. And and this is this is the practical stuff that that I wish that I knew, but no one ever really talks about, or at least I didn't know of anyone talking about it. So. Funny story, I actually own the domain name retired at 25.com because that was when I left the corporate world and had every intention to building it into some, uh, you know, online marketing guru type type site and never really uh, never really did anything. So if you type that in, it should redirect to sidehustlenation.com if I've done everything correctly. Either way, I discovered Jeremy through a guest post he did uh, over at budgetsaresexy.com and we had Jay Money on the show uh, around this time last year, talking about his blogging journey, um, but tons of really juicy uh, stuff from this show. So all the notes and links in Jeremy's top early retirement tips are available to you in a 100% free downloadable PDF at sidehustlenation.com/slash105, or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. Um, and, and just a quick note on these um, kind of highlight reel PDF documents. Like if you're already receiving my uh, weekly newsletter, you're not getting added to any extra 
email list. I'm not going to send you any additional mail because of that. It's just kind of a, a file delivery mechanism. And to everyone who's not welcome aboard, hopefully you'll you'll enjoy that file plus the uh, plus the weekly ramblings, uh, weekly newsletter uh, that comes out. Uh, forgive the background noise at the beginning of this call. It only lasts uh, for a minute or two, and then we get into the juicy stuff on how to uh, to make this happen. I think it'll make a- an impact on your financial decisions going forward, and hopefully cut a few years off of your uh, off of your retirement countdown clock. Hey, Jeremy, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. So you're retired. Um, yeah, that's that's <laughs> what it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> How old are you? I well, that's that's a good question. Uh, see, I was forty. Okay. I was born. Yeah, forty. Um, and we we retired about uh, I guess two and a half years ago. So late thirties. Okay. Okay. Now, what about the the statistics or something like the average thirty five year old, the average forty year old, say, has a net worth of fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars? Like they're not in any anywhere close to being able to retire. So how does this how did this work in your case? Well, yeah, you know, it it, it does it, it works very similar to sort of how normal people normal people retire, normal retirement age. You know, like you work and you. You save, and then someday you have enough money where where your assets are able to to fund your your normal lifestyle. You know, we just we just did it a little faster. We we retired maybe thirty years earlier than normal. And, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's incredible. I think a lot of people will be very very curious to hear how how you made that happen. So so, so there's you know I just I think while we were while we were working we lived like incredibly. Kind of rich and luxurious lifestyles, um, but we just happen to do it way more efficiently than most people do. You, if you kind of look at where maybe you know, a, a typical person spends eighty percent of their money, it's it's usually in housing, uh, transportation, and food. Okay. All right. And we um, looked very hard. You know, we, we did lots of lots of research uh, and found a small apartment in a very walkable neighborhood. And we were we were near the university. We were a block from a farmers market, a block from a grocery store, seven blocks from from you know a, a big park with a stream and and the kind of old growth forest through through Ravenna. You probably have been there, right? This is this is in Seattle. This is not a low cost of living area. Yeah, this is this is kind of next near the University of Washington in in Seattle. You know, and and we were because we because we lived there. You know, we were we didn't have a car, right? Like we could walk everywhere, and where we couldn't walk, we just rode bikes. And I most days I actually needed to work by bicycle. Okay. Um, hey, hey, Jeremy, I'm getting a, a bunch of background noise. Sorry about that. So mo- most days I commuted by by bicycle. You know, and I had I had three different routes I could take to work, somewhere between eight and twenty three miles, depending on how I wanted to do it. How okay. I was feeling that how I was feeling that day. Even in the even in the Seattle rain and everything. Even in the Seattle rain, yeah. You know, and and uh, people people at work, you know, kind of got used to it. But you know, every once in a while, especially if like, the weather was bad or something, I'd get some some extra crap. But <laughs> you know, I mean, over over ten years, we we easily saved over over a hundred thousand dollars just in having no commuting costs, right? Okay. Um, okay. Plus, it's keep, then, plus it's keeping you healthy. Yeah, you know, and yeah, my waistline was a little was was a little lower than average, you know, and and then we um, we made most of our our meals at home, 
um, you know, we, we had a CSA and, uh, you know, like kind of farm delivery box that we'd get. And then we, we got food from the farmer's market and my, my wife is a, is an incredible cook. Right. And she, um, although, you know, don't, don't tell her I said this, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't always that way. Right. You know, but, uh, but like she, um, she just kind of, she has a passion for cooking. Right. And so she just started, started preparing more and more and more elaborate meals. And, and eventually, you know, like I'd put her up against any chef I know. Um, and you know, we'll put her on top chef or something and, and she'll compete very well. And, but like we're eating, you know, better than restaurant food at home for 10, 20% of the price. Okay. Right. So it seems so, like there's there's a couple of parts to this equation, and and one is the spending. So that that maybe isn't something that a lot of people. It's not something that I never never really paid attention to in a retirement equation. It was always like, let's shoot for this, you know, big number. Oh, you need two million dollars to retire, but it's all kind of a factor of you know your lifestyle, your spending habits. Yeah. So in New York. You know, whatever whatever money you're earning off your portfolio, um, you know, it's going to support your it needs to support your cost of living. So the the lower the cost of living, the less money you need to save. Okay. You know, and, and of course, so so we were roughly saving seventy ish percent of of income for quite a while, and then uh, I probably worked three years too long and was saving nearly a hundred percent of income at that point. We were just living off the dividends and interest and. It, uh, you know, and so it just starts to, to snowball. And if you're saving that level, that, that percentage of income, it really only takes about 10-ish years in order to, uh, to build up enough net worth to fund your lifestyle forever. What, what kept you working those extra three years? Was it just the, the like, can, can we really do this? There, there's a little bit of that. You know, I'd, maybe I'd call it fear. You know, it's, it, you know nobody does this. Uh-huh. Can, can, can we, you know, like, I've read stuff, but thinking you can do it and actually doing it are two very different things. Um, right. Well, why, why don't we, why don't we hear more about this? Because this is like an incredibly empowering financial concept or something, but no one is talking about it. It seems like unless, you know, a, a very, a segment of, you know, the personal finance blogger population talks about this stuff, but like I never heard about it until like just a couple years ago. Yeah. It, it's not, it doesn't get a lot of mainstream press, you know I mean? There, there was a book, some, number of years ago called your money or your life you know which, which sold i think millions of copies actually you know and, the, and there's something like the millionaire next door which talks about kind of living well below your means and and, and getting to uh, a high you know a, a high net worth while, while still quite young okay but but most of most of the mainstream media is just focused on advertising and trying to sell you stuff so it, it doesn't get a lot of publicity but that's where, that's where it is really cool that there are these these blogs out there now of you know hey like I've done this and this is how I did it and there's kind of this community building around it you know, which is how how you found us yeah yeah so how how do you know when you have enough like what's what's a target that people should should be shooting for so the the rough the rough number has a couple of different names you know, it's kind of like the safe withdrawal rate or the four percent rule which says roughly you need 25 times your annual expenses in invested assets. So a rough number, if you spend $40,000 a year, you need a million. If you spend 120000 a year, you need $3 million. And that, most of that data, that, where that comes from, is there are, a few, there are three professors at Trinity University that back-tested um, something from 
you know, like the late 1800s through modern day, just how much could you have spent of a portfolio and had it uh, last at least 30 years? Okay. Uh, now, in, in our case, we're looking at something more like a 60-year retirement. But, you know, who, who knows what's, what's really going to happen and what the future holds. Um, we, we took a couple cautious steps there. Like, you know, we're basically full-time travelers, and we, we started in Mexico and Central America rather than, say, Paris or Tokyo. Okay, okay. Um, just, be, you know, just, just because we knew we could, we could fund that um, mostly from just cash flow from dividends and interest. And that kind of let us transition into this mentally, you know, just where we were saving a high percentage of income and into drawing down the portfolio while also allowing the portfolio to, to continue to grow. Okay, so twenty five x. So that that forty thousand number is actually really really close to kind of our annual spending pre kind of like vacations or what I'd call kind of like discretionary stuff. So around forty thousand a year. Yeah. So it would take a million to sustain the same lifestyle. And most of that goes into rent, honestly, because it's you know we're near San right. Francisco. It's very expensive. If we move to a lower cost of living area, you could. Uh, conceivably move that cost number down and and subsequently your your invested you know requirement down or your net worth requirement down what did you worry about like inflation you said hey this was this was only ever tested on a 30 year window did you so do you worry about the 60 year window a, a little bit but but rationally right like um most most of the time in that trinity study when a portfolio lasted 30 years you know at year 30, it wasn't zero. It was millions of dollars, right? Um, but they, they just didn't carry it any further because nobody was really targeting, you know, long retirement periods at yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and in a few cases, it fails, right? You know, um, you know, they talk about something like a 95% success rate. Which, right, right. You know, so 5% but, of the time, so one, one year out of that 30 or one case out of those that they studied, you're going to run out of money. Right. You know, and... And, but they, their implementation, because they're, they're just doing, you know, a rough mathematical analysis, you know, is, is, uh, well, you know, we'll take 4% of our first year, uh, we have a million dollars, we'll spend 40K. Next year, inflation is 3%, so we'll spend 40K plus 3%. And we just do that blindly for, for 30 years. You know, and nobody really does that. You know, if, if the stock market were to, were to go in the crapper this year, you know, we would probably... I don't know. We'd we'd spend a year in Guatemala and, instead of <laughs> instead of in, in New Zealand or Australia. Okay. Right? Okay. You no, know, you like you just you just uh, you you can make adjustments along the way so to and, avoid to avoid selling in a down market. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And in and and even the even minor adjustments can have major major impact to the value of the portfolio over a 50 60 year period. Right? I mean like you spend 1% less and you're talking millions of dollars of difference in the ending value. Okay. Just just from the power of compound interest over that long of a period. Right. Right. Um, okay. So so you got my you got my gears turned. I'm glad you brought up the the inflation thing because I don't I wouldn't expect to spend you know forty thousand a year you know twenty years from now I expect the cost of living will increase as it always has. Exactly. Um, but that that is kind of built into that that twenty five x equation. Exactly. Okay. What and this is just a straight like index fund investment or you know special dividend paying stocks, special cash flowing properties or what what's what investments are you holding? You know, roughly probably ninety percent of our 
of our assets are just in index funds. And the other 10% I'd probably call like mistakes, you know, it's back when, back when I thought I was smart, <laughs> okay. you, know, you know, you know, and I, uh, oh, like I can, I can do better than an index fund. And then of course I never really did, but I still have some of those, those things hanging on. And uh, I'm, I'm just slowly selling those off when it, when it makes sense and, and converting everything into index funds. Okay. Well, I would say mostly what we have is just uh, Vanguard funds for, um, we have, the Vanguard REIT fund, the Vanguard International Stock Index, and the uh, Total Market Index. That, that's that's pretty much all of it. A little bit of a little bit of bonds. Okay, just for just just to hedge a little bit of volatility. Exactly. Although I'm I'm slowly working that into a hundred percent stock, just just because I'm crazy. <laughs> crazy. Well, you're so you're so relatively young. Well, and and I we're we're looking at we're looking at a we have saved enough where we don't really have to worry about running out of money. And, um, the all stock having all stock will most likely result in us dying with the largest, largest, uh, amount of assets, which will make a really nice endowment for, for, you know, whatever we decide to leave it to at that point. Yeah. And that's one way to look at it. It is, it's an endowment for yourself. Like this, your, your net worth is an endowment for yourself is you can essentially live off the interest or live off the dividends, just like a university endowment. Exactly. What do you think? So, um, you know, I'm getting some like selfish investment advice. So a lot of our retirement money is in retirement accounts, like 401ks, uh, Roth IRAs. Does that count toward our in investable number? Like if you can't, I guess I have a very basic understanding, but like I can't touch that money without penalty until whatever, we're 60 or something, right? 59 and a half. Oh, okay. Uh, what the IRS <laughs> it's a long ways out. You know, they're, they're, they're very specific about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so there, there is a general rule that says you can't, you can't touch your 401k or IRA money until age 59 and a half. But there are, you know, just like with all government rules, there are exceptions and clauses and subclauses. And so you can access the you can access that money without penalty as long as you do it in sort of IRS sanctioned ways. Um, so like the, so that money definitely counts. It's part of your assets. Okay. Um, it's just a question of you know how how you access it. But they do they are growing tax deferred, and so it's it's, it's nice to keep them in there. Um, but you know so you, so you do need some amount of of money in kind of a taxable account in order to sort of bridge the gap between when you when you stop earning an income and when you can when you can access the the 401k in full okay um like i I never contributed to a roth ira while we're working and so we have all of our assets split between sort of traditional ira and taxable accounts and so we live off the dividends and interest from the taxable account and then every year i do a roth ira conversion which pulls some of the money out of the 401k and puts it into a Roth IRA, and I just pick that value uh, so that it works out to be a tax-free transaction. Yeah, tell me about this uh, this whole tax-free <laughs> scheme you've got going on because, I, like, I understand as I understand it, dividends are taxed as ordinary income, or are they not? Yeah. So, so in the big picture, my my goal, I, I have two goals. One one of them is to never pay taxes again, and the other is um, to earn roughly. Three million dollars over the next thirty years, uh, and pay no tax on it. Okay, is this is this like a personal vendetta against the government, or just like because you can? 
It's just because I can't. I like. I actually, uh, uh, if I wrote the laws, I wouldn't be able to do this. Like, it, it makes it's completely ridiculous that this is possible. But uh, I kind of like to geek out on finances and math, and so I, I'm just trying. It's just an optimization game for me. Okay. Well, <laughs> enlighten me. Enlighten me a little bit on it. <laughs> right. So, so um, do you do your own taxes? Yeah, I've been using TurboTax the last few years. Yeah. So, so you know how. Like you get the standard deduction and personal exemptions are kind of the um, something everybody gets, right? right. So if, if you're if you're married and you're filing jointly, you get about twenty k worth of tax free income every year. Okay. So what what I what I can do is I can you know I can do a official Roth IRA conversion, which allows me to take money out of my traditional IRA and put it into a Roth IRA, and and that's that's taxed now. But if it's less than 20K, which is my standard deduction and personal exemptions, then it's tax-free. Okay, so, so, so now moving, moving money from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. Exactly. Right. So, so um, I can take the, the money from the traditional, move it into the Roth, and then next year I can do it again, and the next year after that I can do it again. And so over the next 30 years, I can move, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars tax-free. So I pay no tax going into the 401k, I pay no tax coming out, and then I pay no tax ever on the Roth money. Um, and that's and that's all above board. <laughs> yeah, that's all perfectly legal and respectful. <laughs> so that, okay, moving, moving money, I sorry, I think I might, might have misspoke, from a moving money from your 401k to a Roth IRA. Um, well, Technically, from the from a traditional IRA. Oh, okay. But but so if, once you quit employment, you'll you'll roll over your four hundred one k to a traditional IRA, and then from from there you can you can do the Roth IRA conversion. Um, okay, fascinating, uh, fascinating stuff. So then, on top of that, on top of that, you can do a. Let's see here. As long as your total income keeps you in the 15% marginal tax rate. So for a, for a married filing jointly couple, this is roughly $90,000. Okay. As long as your income is below that threshold, all, all qualified dividends and long-term capital gains are taxed at 0%. Okay, so, so your goal is just to keep, keep the income under that 90K mark. Exactly, right? So, so we, we get a bunch of dividends every year, when, and then, so this last year, like I, I published our tax return on on my blog, so you can you can see exactly what we did. Yeah, and, and Jeremy has a ton of stuff, so we'll link up, you know, all of these articles on you know the tax free living, like the tax return. It's all at Go Curry Cracker, but I'll put all these notes in the in the show notes for sure. So I we got something like thirty k in dividends in twenty fourteen, but I can earn up to ninety k while still in dividends and long-term gains um, and pay no tax, right? So so then I go look at my account and see like, okay, where can I basically harvest a 50 to 60K gain? And so, you know, then I, I sell some stocks that I've held for longer than a year. I sell a, a mutual fund that I've held for longer than a year. And that that generates a, a paper gain of 50, $60,000. Okay. And then I buy it back, right? So... Now I I paid taxes on that gain this year. I've increased my basis by 50, 60k, and then next year I can do it again. And so over over time, I'll I'll just keep raising my basis year by year until eventually I 
I basically have, uh, you know, I, I fully raised my basis to the value of everything we own. And this will, you know, no taxes this year, no taxes in the future. And because the basis is higher, whenever, whenever there's a down year, I, I now have potential to harvest capital losses as well. When, when did you learn how to do all this stuff? Like, are you all self-taught? <laughs> this is very, I don't know. I've never heard of any of this. This is fascinating. Well, you know, when, when you don't have a job, yeah, <laughs> you, you, have, you have a lot of time. <laughs> so so mo- most, of this, most of this I've learned in the last two years, the last three years. Okay. Um, you know, I'll, and I mean, I, I've always, like I studied engineering, but if I, if I hadn't, I probably would have studied finance is kind of... Uh, uh, it, it just a personal interest, and so I've so I've always sort of read um, books on on finance and investing and optimization and so on, and, and so I had a general notion of what to do, but I didn't really piece it all together until until after after retirement. Okay, yeah, there I was. That was kind of what I was going to ask next. Is like, how do you guys spend your spend your days in glorious early retirement with you know another sixty years of your life left in front of you? Yeah, it, it it evolves. You know, our like our first year, we we just traveled. We we started in Mexico and started working our way south. And a year later, we'd only made it as far as Guatemala. <laughs> okay, very very slow travel. Well, it's, it's lower. Yeah. It's lower cost to do it that way. You know, but like, like we just fell in love with Mexico and, and we didn't want to leave. And uh, then we um, we had the talk. You know, it's like, hey, I think it's time we had a baby. And we uh, we flew we flew to Taiwan where my wife's from because um, we needed some assistance. So we got we went through IVF treatment here, and we we chose Taiwan just the price like they do a lot of IVF process, therapy here, and and the price was roughly eighty percent off what we got quoted in the U.S. Right, so we so we spent seven k for that instead of forty k or whatever in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations. I think the baby will be due right around the time that this episode airs. So in that case, everyone can wish wish Jeremy and Winnie um, some congratulations on the, the new new member of the family. That's really exciting. Thank you. Yeah, yeah April 15th he's due. So <laughs> but uh, you know, while so we'll, so we'll work on, you know, we've been working on uh Winnie more so than me, you know, growing a baby. <laughs> and I I've been uh like I've been studying Chinese while we're here. We've been doing classes three hours a day plus homework, and, and you know. And then we, uh, I, I like to try to do something physical everywhere we go, right? So like we hiked up a volcano in Guatemala, and um, I rode a bike 900 kilometers around Taiwan while we're here. Um, I didn't know it was that big of an island. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's like it's like it's like riding from. Seattle to Portland, roughly, I think, but and back, right? Oh, okay, okay, so, so, something like that. All right, fair enough. But but it's you know it's 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 just kind of we we uh, you know, we prepare good food. We we usually like in, we studied Spanish in Mexico and Guatemala. We I've studied Chinese here. Winnie's been doing uh, oil painting and, and watercolor painting classes, and she studied jewelry making in Mexico. And so we kind of we kind of do like language, art, and then something, something physical. Sounds pretty, uh, sounds like a pretty good lifestyle, man. I I like it. (laughs) So you think, do you think this is, is this attainable? Like what, I mean, what would be amazing to see is, you know, a future where, where more people are living like you guys and not working until they're seven years old because they have no retirement. 
do you think that's realistic or, or attainable or are you guys always going to be uh, an aberration? Um, yeah, I think for the most part we'll be freaks. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's not, it's not because people can do it is it's because people don't want to. Okay. Cause it, yeah, it, it uh, is kind of like, and, and not, I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of history, you're living still a very luxurious life. It might be considered austere compared to you keeping up with the Joneses and stuff like that. Is that what you're like, getting at? I mean, I, I don't have, I don't have a Mercedes SUV in the driveway of my 5,000 square foot house. Yeah. You know, um, but we have iPhones, we have MacBook air. I have a custom made guitar. You know, we eat out two or three times a day. I mean, in the big picture, we, we live incredibly luxurious lives, but we really only spend about 30 to 40 K a year. Yeah. Um, and then one question that's been on the top of my mind is where does the go curry cracker name come from? <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, one thing, you know, like, like speaking of things people won't do, um, our, our honeymoon, we went, we hiked the Wonderland trail, um, which is a hundred mile hike all the way around Mount Rainier in, in Washington. Right. And, uh, beautiful country. So our cost of our, it's, it's, it's amazingly beautiful. Right. And, and the total cost of our honeymoon was basically zero dollars. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it wasn't easy. Right. We, um, the last, the last three days or so, it was kind of raining and misty and we were tired and our feet hurt and we, we were probably delirious and we, we had these, these curry crackers as part of our, our diet. And we, uh, we were just trying to figure out any way we could to, to keep ourselves going. Right. And, and I think Winnie just kind of said like, go, go, go curry cracker. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, that's kind of been our, our rallying cry ever since, you know, like, like we can do, we can literally do anything. Uh, we just go, go, go curry cracker. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, man. Okay, that's a good, that's a good as good as origin story as any. So I like it, man. Jeremy, thanks so much for for joining me. I think this is a um, just a fascinating topic. If people want to uh, dive more into the, this world of early retirement and this world of all the different tax strategies, I definitely encourage you to go check out uh, the the blog at gocurrycracker.com. Um, some pretty a pretty eye-opening material over there. I know I'll be taking a deep dive into that stuff as well. And we'll uh, we'll wrap it up with your number one tip for side hustle nation. I'm I'm going to go with just start today. If I look back at all of the mistakes that I've made, you know, because of you know incomplete information or just you know probably the biggest one is just not starting sooner. Compound interest is the most powerful force in the universe and you want to get it started working for you as soon as possible absolutely i'm very grateful that my parents made me start investing very young so um that's good stuff man well uh, thanks so much and uh we'll talk to you soon thanks nick yeah i hope this episode got you pumped up for some some financial freedom because it definitely did for me so be sure to hit up the uh, the show notes for all the links, especially Jeremy's like tax savings strategies, because that took is going to take a little bit of time for me to digest. Uh, but he's got a whole full full write up on it, which I link to at sidehustlenation.com slash one oh five. And uh, over there, you'll also be able to download the free PDF kind of with all of the the juicy early retirement tips from uh, from the call. Just uh, just a crazy story, like, uh, you know, out of the box lifestyle, out of the box thinking 
like I just like I talked about at the beginning, the stuff I wish I, I learned about years ago. But really, if there's one takeaway, it's that it's never too late, right? Like the the best time to invest, you know, may have been ten years ago, but the next best time is going to be today. And you know, to make lifestyle changes, to start saving more money, all that stuff. Like he's laid out the groundwork to potentially cut years off of your working life, out of your off of your you know your employment career, off your employment timeline. And if that's not a, a killer gift, I don't know what is. So thank you so much for tuning in back to your back to your regularly scheduled side hustle programming next week. Tons of great episodes coming up. You're going to love them. But in the meantime, let's go back out there, make something happen. And I'll see you next week in episode 106. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 